All right. Well, we're so glad that you are here with us this morning on Mother's Day. What a great, great day to be here. I read this just this week. Said the most creative job in the world involves fashion, decorating, recreation, education, transportation, psychology, romantic advice, culinary arts, literature, economics, government, pediatrics, entertainment, maintenance, purchasing, law, religion, energy, and management. Anyone who can handle all those has to be somebody special. She's a mom. And all the moms said, that's right. (laughs) Hey, we are continuing in our series called Didn't See That Coming, Suddenly Surprised by God this morning. And our lesson today is surprised by godly moms. And it's not that we're surprised that there are godly moms. I just want us to understand the influence that godly moms have in our lives. All right? So there was a man named Robert Ingersoll who was a lawyer and a politician in the late 1800s, and he also happened to be one of the most sought-after public speakers of the day. He uh, would routinely fill up auditoriums with hundreds of people that would just come out to hear him speak. And a lot of those times, they charged up to a dollar to hear him speak. Now, a dollar in 1880s money and a dollar today is about 25 bucks. So, you know, that's, that's not cheap to go hear somebody speak. So people were putting down $25 to go hear this guy speak. And what in the world was just so fascinating that these people were willing to go pay money to hear? He taught on humanism and atheism. That got everybody like, whoa. (laughs) It said that Ingersoll talked many, many Americans with his eloquent and passionate terrorism, you may almost say, of Christianity... He talked people out of their faith and out of church. Now, during his heyday, two college students went to hear him speak. And after the lecture, they were walking back to campus, and they were just discussing what they had heard. And one of them was was really buying into what Ingersoll had to say, and he said, well, that man, he just kicked the legs right out from under Christianity, didn't he? And the other one being you know, more introspective, he said, no, I don't think that he did. He said in all of his speaking, in all of his rationalizing, in all of his excusing, in all of his accusations against Christianity, one thing he did not do, he did not explain my mother's love for me. And he said, until someone can explain my mother's love, I'll hang on to my mother's God. Moms, sometimes you do not understand the effect and the influence that you have. So this morning, I want to talk about three qualities that godly moms have. And these three qualities come from the life of Mary 
the mother of Jesus. Here's the first one. Godly moms are situation readjusters. I want you to think about the situation that Mary was even coming into. She was pregnant. She was unmarried. Her fiance didn't even know for quite a while that she was pregnant. Wouldn't you have liked to have heard that conversation? I promise you, Joseph, an angel showed up and told me I was just going to be pregnant. Yeah, how would that go over with one of your kids? You told them not to take the car out one night, you go off, they come back. Then not only have they taken the car out, but they've gotten into a wreck. How would it sound if they said, I know you told me not to take the car out, but an angel showed up and told me to take the car out. That was quite a conversation they were going to have, right? Not only was she pregnant, she was not married, but in the society that she lived in, that was a capital offense if you came from a good family. If you came from a good family, they'd just take you outside of the city because you had embarrassed your family. They would just take you outside of the city and take big rocks and, and throw them at you till you were dead. That's if you came from a good family. If you didn't come from a good family, you'd probably wind up being a prostitute or something for the rest of your life. So this is what Mary is walking into. And she's having a conversation with her cousin, Elizabeth, in the first chapter of Luke. And in verse 45, Elizabeth says to Mary, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. And Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he noticed his lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Now, I want you to see right here, the situation did not drive her to fear. It drove her to praise. You're going to have situations in your life. There's going to be some dark moments, moms. There's going to be some dark moments. Not all of you had the wonderful kids that I had. There's going to be some dark moments. And in those dark moments, they need to hear you praising. They don't need to hear you complaining. They need to hear the word of God coming out of your mouth. They don't need to hear you just rehearsing the problem. Amen. The problem is going to be there. And I'm not saying that, that we act like it's not there. But what we do is what we were doing just a little while ago. This is how I fight my battles. Yeah. It's praise. Because your reaction can readjust the situation. If you speak words of praise and not fear, if you, if you speak victory and not defeat, your words can readjust the situation. Now, this wonderful woman right here is not my mother. She's my beautiful wife. There's times in my life where I need to be mommed. And when I was going through what I went through last year with, with sickness, she, she was unbelievable. She was a rock. Somebody told her one time that she was a piranha in the spirit. 
She may look small, but that woman can get after it in prayer. And here I am. For those of you that, that don't know, I had a, I had a very, very uh, bad illness last year that lasted for months and months and months, and I was, you know, uh, on the verge of death. And um, there was times when I would get down. You're going through this day in and day out, moment by moment, week after week, month after month, and you're not seeing what you've prayed for come to pass yet. Anybody ever been there? I'm not just talking to moms, I'm talking to everybody, right? And I wasn't seeing it, and I could begin to get down. And she'd go, you need to praise. You need to worship. And she'd just put on worship in the house. And I didn't want to. I'd sit there with my hands crossed going, I'm not going to do it. You can't make me do it. Can't make me worship. Can't make me pray. I'm a child. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm in my 50s, but I'm four on the inside. But, but the praise and the worship, it would start. And one of the songs that really, really ministered to me during that time was the first song that we sang this morning. Yeah, Unstoppable God. And I would sit there and I would hear this. See, when we get into these moments, sometimes it's our hope that has been depleted and, and worship will build our hope back up. And she'd just start playing worship. An unstoppable God would come on. And, and it would just start rolling through my spirit and through my mind. And I would go, you know what? Sickness and disease, that's stoppable. Pain, it's stoppable. Everything I'm going through is stoppable because I serve an unstoppable God. So moms, dads, whoever... Don't just rehearse the situation. She could have sat on my bedside and said, well, I'll miss you. I love you. But she didn't. She was a situation readjuster in our house. And you came around, if you came along, oh, I just want to see Pastor Chris. If you came in speaking doubt and unbelief, she'd run you off. If you come in in this house, you're going to talk about life. So moms... B, situation readjusters. Number two, godly moms are giftings encouragers. Giftings encouragers. Moms see things in us that others don't. In John 2, starting in verse 3, you're going to see that Mary was seeing things about Jesus that others weren't seeing yet. It says that the wine supply ran out, during the festivity, so Jesus' mother told him, they don't have any more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem. Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. This always struck me. She didn't listen to anything he said. <laughs> He's going, not yet. Your kid's ever going, no, not yet, mom. No, 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 no. And she's just trying to pull it out of you. No, you're going to do it. It's going to be okay. Come on. I'm going to pull it out of you. Pull it out of you. She was encouraging the giftings. We, we don't think that Jesus was human, do we? No, he's the son of God. Yes, he is the son of God. But here's his mom recognizing the giftings in him, and she's pulling it out of him, even though he's going, eh, not, 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 not yet. Yes, she didn't listen to what he had to say. She was pulling the gifting out of him. And let me tell you, even if your kids are acting crazy right now, don't look at them. 
Call righteousness out of them. Prophesy truth over them. What am I talking about when I say prophesy? I mean, speak the word of the Lord over them. Speak it over them. And hey, parents, let's be honest. We prophesy whether it's the words of the Lord or not. But sometimes we're prophesying the plan of the enemy. Look, I know that we all lose our temper. We all lose our cool at times. We all just get frustrated with kids at times. But don't, don't ever take your kid and tell them that they'll never amount to anything. Don't ever tell them that you're never going to get better. You're never going to do this. You're never going to be okay. You're just like your daddy. Don't curse them with that. <laughs> prophesy truth over them. Prophesy life over them. Sometimes you got to walk by faith and not by sight. My mom was visiting me not too long ago, and she came to church with us, and we got into a conversation with, uh, with a mom, and she was just telling us about um, a situation that was going on with, with one of her teenage children, and she was really upset about it. And she was, she was like, you know, does it, does it ever get better? Does it ever change? What can I do? And my mom literally grabbed my face, and she said, do you see him? Do you see him? It gets better if you just hang on. It gets better if you keep speaking truth. It gets better. And where did my mom get that? She got it from my grandmother. There's generational faith going on. And we need that generational faith. Because my grandmother, my, my grandmother and my grandfather, they were Methodist ministers, but they were full of the Spirit of God. They would pray over you no matter where it was. They would call demons out of people. They, they, they prayed for healing, and they go, you're a Methodist? Yes, they would do it. And my grandmother, she would speak over me when I didn't want her to. I'd go up and visit. They, they lived just right around Texarkana. Their church, uh, most of their churches were right up around Texarkana. And I'd go visit them. And I was somewhere around 16 or 17 years old. And I went to visit my, my grandparents. And one thing that, that my mamaw loved to do was take me to the mall and buy me clothes. Now, I was totally okay with that. And we went to the mall one day. Granddaddy went with us. He would sit out. You know, he didn't want to walk around. He'd sit out on those benches, and he'd tell everybody about Jesus. We went into a store, and we're just shopping around. It was a department store. We're just shopping around, and, and I'm looking in the, the men's clothing, and my grandmother had wandered off to the, to the women's clothing. And um, I saw this young lady. She was working the cash register in the men's department at this store. And I saw her, and the thought went through my head, she needs to know me. <laughs> and I was going to make sure it happened. So I walked over to this young lady, and I just began to talk to her, start up a conversation. I was being very suave, very debonair. I was flirting my head off with her. And she was being very receptive to, to what I was doing. But before I knew it, the Holy Spirit, dressed like my grandmother, walked up beside me, and she put her finger out at this little girl, and she goes, watch out now, you're talking to a preacher man. If you knew me at 17 years old, 
I was the furthest thing away from a preacher man that you could find. I just wilted. Needless to say, I did not leave with her phone number. But she didn't care. She was prophesying truth over me. Hey, grandmamas, you can speak truth over your kids, over your grandkids. All right, and you need to put them in a position where they can be successful. I'm going to be real nice when I say this. You need to put your children in a place where they can be successful. Yes, you need to love them. Yes, you need to pray over them. Yes, you need to speak to them. And uh, you need to make sure they're at youth group. I am not being ugly and I'm not being mean. But I have had, I, I was a youth pastor for like 840 years. <laughs> I would have parents tell me, well, I just don't want to, I don't want to force it on them. I don't want to make decisions for them. I'm like, How's that working for you? I don't, I, don't, I don't want them to believe in Jesus because I believe in Jesus. And I'm sitting there going, I don't really believe you believe in Jesus. Because if you did, you would do what needs to be done for them. Now listen to me. There is no other area in their life where you're going, well, I just don't want to make decisions for them. I don't want to force it on them. Come tomorrow morning, when they're supposed to get up and go to school, how many of you parents sitting out here going, well, I don't want to force school on them. I don't want to make decisions for them. I'm going I'm to I'm let them figure out that education is good for themselves. Now, there, I'm sure there are a lot of good youth groups in this town, but I know about the one that's here. I know that the man and the woman that lead our youth ministry, they will love your kids. They will walk with your kids. They will fight for your kids. They will partner with you for your kids. Amen. You go, well, I just don't want to. Hey, it don't matter. I told my mama one time when I was in the seventh grade, I said, I don't want to go to church. I don't like church. And she just looked at me and she said, well, it's just too bad you were born into this family. Because we go to church. Sometimes we need to have that attitude, moms. They may not like it right at this second, but they're going to thank you for it later. I promise you. I promise you. Jesus didn't want to make wine. Your kids will probably whine, but you just get them to do what they're supposed to do. All right. Here's number three. Godly moms are never giver uppers. Never giver uppers. John 19, 25. Mary, Jesus' mother, was standing next to his cross. If you read the whole story, you find out his disciples deserted him, the people that had been around him deserted him, but mama was there. 
I can remember uh, as a teenager saying, you know, I, I, don't, I don't need what my parents are giving, what my parents are saying, because I got friends. My friends are all I need. My friends will be there for me. But how often are they not? And if they are, they're saying something stupid. Right? Never forget the promises from God. The things that the angel had told Mary about Jesus before he was even born had not come to pass yet, so therefore God was not done. And if you've got promises about your kids, no matter how they're acting, God is not done. When I was probably seven or eight years old. Now, my parents, when they got saved, they got really saved. I mean, they got crazy saved. They got church every night saved. And I'm not just talking about the church we went to. Anybody was having church anytime during the week, we were going to be there. They were having a conference. They were having a revival. They were having something. We were going to be there. So I was churched up when I was a kid. And at about seven or eight years old, they took us to, to a meeting and it was in a larger church. There were, there were several hundred people there. And uh, the, past, uh, the man that was speaking, he was a visiting speaker. His name was Happy Caldwell. Some of you old, older ones have heard of Happy Caldwell. And somewhere during his service, he said, if you're between five and 10 years old, I want to pray over you. I want all the kids that are between five and 10 years old to come down here. So my mom had to wake me up. Hey, he wants you to go down there. So I went down there, and there were, there, there, there were you know, probably 100 kids down there. And this man was going along, and he's just putting his hand on each one of their heads. He's going, you know, bless them in Jesus' name, 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 until he comes to me. And he starts looking at me, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I don't even know what I did, but I'm, I'm making up an excuse already for whatever it was. And he looks down at me. And he said, you get serious about God because God is serious about you and he has a calling on your life. Then he went, be blessed in Jesus' name. Be blessed in Jesus' name. <laughs> now that's seven years old. You fast forward 10 years, you wouldn't think there was a calling on my life. But my mom did not forget the word. My mom did not forget the promise. My mother continued. She was a never giver upper. Didn't matter what it looked like. She was not going to give up. My, in, in, in our house, there was this sofa that sat in our living room. And I wish I could go back and see it now, but, but thinking about it, it seemed like that thing was 30 feet long. It was the biggest sofa ever. And my mom would go park herself right in the middle of this sofa, and, and she would have her, her, her big Bible out, but, but she'd have like 20 other versions of the Bible just surrounding her because you couldn't get online and get it back then. You couldn't pull it up on your iPad. So if you were going to have different versions, you had to own them. And she's got all these versions of the Bible sitting around her. She's got prayer journals and notebooks and everything. And she is praying. My mom was an intercessor. And you know what she spent a lot of time praying about? Me. And I would hear it. And it would irritate me. And I had to walk through the living room to go out the front door to go to school. And there she is just declaring over me. 
God, your word does not return to you empty. It accomplishes exactly what you sent it to accomplish. And the word of God has been sown into Chris and is not going to come back. Shut up. That's who my mom was. She was an example of a godly mom. I know some of you are sitting there going, well, I will never be as holy as your mom. So uh, she had her moments. Yeah. She blew it every once in a while. Mama, if you're listening to this, I love you, but I'm about to tell them that you were ugly sometimes too. That's, I, just, I just want to tell you that, you know, that, that's who my mom was most of the time. But we all miss it from time to time, don't we? So don't get under condemnation. Don't go, man, I have ruined my kids forever. If you've not been that godly mom before, guess what? You start today. And you just speak truth over them. When, when I was a, a whippersnapper, when I was in high school, um, freshman in high school, um, I did something that, that the school was so proud of that they invited me not to come back for three days. And my mom had to come get me. And she had to sit in that principal's office with me while he's glaring at me and the two assistant principals are, are just sitting on his side like a couple of pit bulls just ready to jump on you. And they were telling my mom what a horrible person I was. And she was probably hearing what a horrible mom she was. So we get in the car, and if you know my mother, you know, she could talk to a brick wall. So if there's no conversation going on, you are really in trouble. (laughs) There was not a word spoken on that ride home. And as soon as we got home, you know, I got the go to your room until your father gets home. So I went in my room a couple hours later. Y'all can hear my dad coming through the door. Now, this is my godly mom, okay? This, this is that woman that, that was a situation readjuster. This is that woman that would prophesy truth over me. This is that woman that would look me in the eye and say, love never fails, so I'm not going to give up on you. I can hear her through the door saying, go in there and kill him, please. <laughs> Just Take him out. (laughs) So we all have our moments, right? We all have our moments. But the the compassion of the Lord would rise up inside of her, and she would get over my stupidity, and she'd be back to declaring over me. And that's what happens with godly moms. Sometimes you have your moments, but let the compassion of the Lord rise up inside of you again. And this is something I didn't realize till this week. The Hebrew word for compassion comes from the root word, womb. Just as a woman births life from her womb, the compassion of God births life into people. And in compassion in the direction of the Lord, children live in a home with encouragement. They learn confidence. They live in a home with praise of God. They learn to appreciate God. They live in a home with security 
they're going to learn faith. They live in a home with approval. They learn to like themselves. Do you know how many times I sit with people and they say, I don't even like me. But if they grow up in a home where they're approved of, where they're loved, they learn to like themselves. And if they live in a home with acceptance, they'll learn to love others. So don't give up. Don't stop encouraging. Don't stop readjusting. Someone wrote, an ounce of a mother's love is worth a ton of pastor's counsel. We love godly moms, and I'm going to finish with, with this. This is just a quick little bonus. I said I had three, but this is just a quick little bonus for our young moms. I read a survey, and this was not a Christian survey, but it was a survey of the challenge of young moms with young children, and these were their top seven answers. Low self-esteem, monotony and loneliness, stress from too many demands, lack of time with their spouse, confusion about discipline and training of children, can't keep their home clean, and the need for older role models. And we have a lot of young moms in this church. I mean, God has blessed us with some baby-making factories. <laughs> I tell people if we're not growing through evangelism, we're growing through babies. But in our community, their needs become our needs. So let's make sure that our young moms are getting what they need. When you see them trying to get their kid out of children's church and out of the church, and that kid is just having a meltdown, encourage them. You see, if you've never had kids, you're going to look at them and go, my child will never act like that. If you have had kids, you're going to say, every one of my children acted like that. So you see them having a meltdown and you see that mom struggling, you just pat her on the back, you help her. So she's not going to have that, I'm a failure. You're not a failure. Your kid's just being a kid. Monotony and loneliness. Let's check on people. What a terrible thing to say if there was somebody in the church and they were lonely. Don't want to see that. Lack of time with their spouse. Could you rock a baby for a couple of hours? So a couple could go out and just enjoy quiet? (laughs) Could you watch a toddler for a couple of hours? And you may say, well, can't they, can't they uh, uh, give them to the grandparents? Well, not everybody has grandparents around. Man, I'm glad that we're here for our grandchildren. You don't have to twist my arm to get me to, to, to hang out with Isla. She is a ball of energy and a lot of fun. But Lisa and I did not have grandparents around. And if it wasn't for some good friends, we would have never, ever gotten to go out. So I'm challenging you as a church. Look at some of these young couples and don't just assume their needs are being met. Offer. Step out and help. 
okay? And then, uh, can you help somebody clean their house? If you can, come to mind, because Lisa doesn't keep it clean. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's because she's always watching our grandchildren. That's <laughs> but this is the one that really got to me. The need for older role models. And once again, this was not a Christian survey, but how sad is it when a young mom says, I don't, I don't know an older, an older woman that can mentor me, that could disciple me, that could just answer some of my questions, that could just pray with me. That should never, ever be said about New Covenant Church. We've got some great, great moms with some experience. Love on those younger moms. Silly little story, and I'm, I'm done. There was a, uh, a four-year-old and a six-year-old who presented their mom with a, a bouquet of flowers for Mother's Day. And they had worked around the house doing some jobs and saving their money because they wanted to buy it themselves. And the six-year-old told the mom that uh, when they got to the, to the florist, that there was this big, beautiful bunch of flowers that they wanted to get for, but they just couldn't afford it. But they knew that she would have loved it because it had this wonderful banner across it that said, rest in peace. <laughs> and he said, mom, you're always asking us for a little peace so you can rest. <laughs> Moms, we love you.